Welcome back. This is again Tatiana, and you're listening to Talk to Tatiana podcast. And if you're watching on YouTube, you're watching my channel. And this is Tatiana Sawyer. Today with me, I have Patrick Jackman. Patrick, welcome to the show. Tatiana, thank you. It's a pleasure being here. Awesome. Uh, so Patrick, tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and where you are in the world. Sure. So my name is Patrick Jackman. As you said, originally, I was born in a beautiful island of Barbados. Then my family migrated here and I followed them. Uh, now I live in upstate New York in a small town outside of Rochester. And I've been here for a pretty long time. Went to school up here, decided to stay up here and plant some roots uh, in the Rochester area. What I do, I am the founder and principal owner of the Jackman Group LLC. And we are a training firm, uh, pretty much specializing in leadership development, um, team enhancement, coaching, and strategic planning. Awesome. And uh, what is the transformation that the people you work with experience? Meaning, let's say if it's a leadership training, what does where does a person start and where do they come out on the other side? So it, it, all, it all depends on, of course, the person. So we, we train whether from supervisors all the way up to up to the executive suite. So it all is it all comes into what the person is looking for. So we've had some that brand new, had no leadership experience, no management experience, and that's the beginning. Uh, then we've had um, others that have years of experience who can write the book on leadership. Right. So and then all in between. But it all comes down to what the expectations are. Basically, the expectation from if we were to really summarize it is to how can you help me to be a more effective leader? And what is it? What does being an effective leader look like? Again, it comes down to the individual, but it's all about enhancing their leadership skills. From what we found is how can you help me to become more effective? How can you help me to be a leader of whether it's one person or a large organization? How can you help me with my communication skills? How can you help me in terms of providing quality feedback uh, to my teams? Or how can you help me to be a better person? Awesome. That makes sense. Absolutely makes sense. And how did you get started? Where did you start your career? I mean, and how long have you been doing this for? Well, Oddly, my career started, uh, I, I spent years and years in wireless, and I was in wireless sales for, for a very long time. Um, but I found that I, I gravitated towards training. I just love training. I just love developing people. So I was, um, I was talking with my manager at the time, and I asked him, well, can I, can I train some of the products training, right? So we were launching phones at a time, and I says, well, can I help train some of the products? And I started doing that. And then I love it. I then move into that space from product training into service training. So for, in terms of the wireless piece, and then I helped launch going way back, Tatiana, <laughs> right? What we call two-way messaging. If you can remember <laughs> that, this was a prelude to what we have now. Uh, and that was with Nextel. So I was part of the launch team in terms of uh, going across the country, training our sales reps how to utilize two-way messaging. 
Awesome. Uh, that makes sense. That's cool. I mean, my husband works at a telecommunications company. He works for Altice. Um, and, you know, so I'm certainly familiar somewhat with the telecommunic- telecommunications industry. And so it's, I was just curious to know. I remember Nextel, I think. Uh, the name de- definitely sounds familiar. Yeah, so um, it, it was the, the, the company that used the button, the beep beep, the chirp. Mm-hmm. Right. So primarily the focus was on more industry as opposed to individuals. Uh, so going to two-way messaging, uh, that was the, I think that was a transfer or the starting point of moving into the personal space as opposed to the business space because the button helped in terms of easy communication right? as opposed to punching in the number, you have the code in the phone, you hit it, so it's one-to-one or one-to-many at that time. Hmm. That's interesting. And so you worked, I'm guessing, well, not I'm guessing, but you. it sounds like you worked for somebody else, right? It wasn't your own business. You worked for a company. Absolutely. Yeah, I worked for I worked for, for Nextel. Well, first I started off in terms of a local company here called Frontier uh, here in Rochester. So Frontier yeah. Cellular, which uh, turned into, it was part of Bell Atlantic. Uh, when, 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 that, when that, those two companies merged, became what we know now as Verizon. So I went from that into Sprint, Sprint into Clearwire. So all telecom. And then uh, down the road, as I was part of the training team for Clearwire, then there was a riff, right? Um, Downsizing happened and it came to a point where it was okay. Uh, You're going to be downsized. (laughs) So now you have a decision to... To make. So this was in 2010. So I got married in 2010, was officially downsized. So July got married, was officially downsized in October of 2010, and then decide to start the business. I, I, I said, I told my wife, you know, I've always had a passion of having my own business. I wanted to, from 16, from the age of 16, I've, I always knew that one day, I am going to be self-employed. I'm going to be an entrepreneur. Uh, so at that time, so 2010, it gave me an opportunity. I could either go back into the corporate world or start a business. So in December of 2010, uh, did all the paperwork and officially launched the Jackman Group in January of 2011. And hasn't we haven't looked back since. Awesome. And kind of looking back at your first you know, few years, were there any things that you had to do or figured out that you had to be doing or any things that you that kind of surprised you, meaning something that you didn't expect to be doing and ended up doing or something that you thought you would never do and ended up doing, something like that? Any surprises so, there? <laughs> so we started the company with the foundation of we were going to focus on leadership development from the get-go, right? Uh then I, I start to reach out to some of my pre, my friends and those that I trained in corporate and says, hey, we're starting a company, um, want to see if you need any help in training. So the foundation of the business has always been leadership. I didn't want to get into the, to the sales space because sales training, there are a lot of companies out there in terms of sales training. But the first client says, yes. I knew you trained me back in a day on sales, how to 
how to be a good salesperson, I need you to come in and train our team on sales training. Right? So I said, <laughs> okay. All of a sudden, we became <laughs> the sales training experts. <laughs> That's nice how that works, isn't it? So, yeah. So we, we probably says, okay, whatever the company or the client needs, it may not be our go-to, but we can do it. <laughs> you know, I think that's important to remember. I think I had one, somebody on my podcast a couple of months ago and uh, probably close to a year now, a little bit less than a year. And what, what, what was interesting was that she said, you know, screw passion, go with what you know how to do first and then build it up to loving what you do. Maybe it's, you know, and that's what you basically just described. You know, you wanted to do leadership, didn't want to do sales training, but ended up doing sales training in the beginning. That's they, and did sales training for 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 a number of years, and still to this day, there are some clients that still reach out and says, "Can you help us with our sales force? Can you help us with uh, building a sales culture? Can you help us with making one consistent sales message?" So we that's not our core, but that's a close second. With nice. our core. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think it's sales are super important and, and really um, revenue is the lifeblood of, of a business. So Absolutely. You, can't, you can't you can't be a leader in a business that doesn't have any revenue. <laughs> so <laughs> you're absolutely right. And it's always this thing between sales and operations, right? Sales says, well, we could do more if we have help from the operations. Operations says, well, sales are screwing up. Well, we need to have them focus on the core. So it, sales is, like you said, is is a lifeblood. And um, once you have a good, solid sales force, a good, solid sales culture, and a common language, that's the foundation that you can build from in terms of making sure that your company is successful. You sell, I sell, right? We're both sales people. Anyone that has a business, whether small or large entrepreneur, you are in sales. Yeah, for sure. You're selling. For sure. And um, as you were talking, I wanted to ask you, so uh, about the leaders kind of that you train, um, are leaders, are true leaders really the same kind of people or not, or are they different? I I, I think they're different. And, and it comes down to, uh, there was a quote, and I can't remember exactly, but I, I always ask this in our trainings. And the question is, are train are leaders made or are they developed, right? Because mm-hmm. you hear this, well, he or she, they are naturally born leader. Mm-hmm. So that's my that's my that's one of the first questions that I ask in training. So it is my belief that that leaders are developed. We were born with the traits of leadership. So there's no such thing as a naturally born leader. We're all born with the traits of leadership. But in order to get from where we are to where we want to be, to become a more effective leader, there's some form of development and nurturing that has to take place. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah, I was just curious to, to see because you work with um, 
developing leadership. So I was curious uh, in terms of what your opinion was, because I'm of the same exact opinion. I think that leaders are raised. Um, there's even, there's a book um, I just recently, I started reading, I actually started listening to it. I'll read it after I listen to it. A book called Five Levels of Leadership. Have you heard of that? Absolutely. Absolutely. I liked it a lot. And it really, I've certainly been managed by leaders or I guess, I guess leaders of the first and the second tier, like level, but mm -hmm. I've never actually been managed, you know, when I worked for somebody else, I've never been managed by level three, four or five. Like I've never seen that in person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's and, rare. And, and that's, that's by John, John Maxwell, five yeah. levels of, of leadership. But here's the thing to Tatiana is that in organizations, large corporations, what happens is that let's say Tatiana is a excellent salesperson, right? She's always in the top tier of sales reps. So what does the organization do? Promote. <laughs> Promote that person to be a sales manager or GM. Yeah. And, and I'm saying, hello, but, but it goes even further. Then the expectation is for that person to perform as an effective manager or leader without the organization giving them any training or development. Yeah. And it happens all the time. <laughs> you know, it's, there's actually two things that I want to share with you. So, you know, in account, accountants are naturally really bad leaders because in order to be a really good accountant, you have to be an introvert. You have to be really tunnel focused, doing your job, pay, paying attention to the details and the way accountants get promoted in firms with some structure um, is usually like what you've said, right? You're really good at preparing taxes. Here, now you're managing tax preparers. <laughs> <laughs> the problem with that approach, and I've experienced that firsthand, meaning I've experienced that attitude toward me, is that usually, and there, like you said, there's no training that's provided um, to, to, to them as leaders. The problem I, I see, the problem I experienced was that these managers would be really bad leaders. Like they would be really like not caring about your family, your health, your anything. Mm -hmm. Oh, can you come to work? Like you're in a hospital. Can you come to work? So you can't make it to the meeting, that kind of stuff. And so I really have a big problem with that. I think that, um, like you said, p companies promote the best performers, but actually the question should be first, whether that performer is going to be a good people manager. And the mm -hmm. second question should be, how do we train them to be a good leader? So that there's actually a culture. The, the problem is that I think a lot of companies, especially accounting firms, don't care about that. Right, right. <laughs> because the business has always done it this way. Absolutely. Um, you know, like I, uh, when I worked for an accounting firm, this was, we're talking decade ago, a decade ago. And I remember that I would, I always had my little, like a couple of my bookkeeping clients on the side, always. Uh, just because, you know, I couldn't, there were people I liked that I had good relationships with and I couldn't leave them and they couldn't leave, um, they couldn't leave without me. So, so I remember, you know, I was always very efficient at work because before that I finished college, I went for three years to college while working for five clients. I was working about 40 to 50 hours a week. I was taking five classes and I've aced every class. I've got a 4.0 GPA Wow. and, and I've excelled at work. So when I came to work for the accounting firm, um, I was, I was very effective at work. I was very efficient. I wasn't wasting any time. I was tracking my timesheet, which is a problem. Often accounts don't 
really aren't really good at tracking time. And I remember I was getting crap from the partner saying that I don't have enough FaceTime and, you know, like I leave at 530 and I'm like, listen, I've done all the work. <laughs> so that's a problem too. But on the flip side of that, my husband has worked on, uh, worked for large companies like WorldCom and Verizon and, and other um, companies as a fiber infrastructure build out. Um, mm. So he does that. But he, in the beginning of his career, he was always promoted two, three times a year because he was really good um, at, at doing what he does. Then after he left Verizon, this was 2007, um, he started working for Cablevision and he's really good at what he does. He's a good project manager. He treats it like his own. He treats the budget like his own. You know, the client asks for a trench to go through the field because they want a renovated tr field. Um, my husband's like, no, it's not effective. It's not efficient. So he, he manages the money for the company. It's not his money, right? But, you know, he's been a project manager for the last 16 years and he doesn't want uh, a promotion. Like he's been offered a promotion several times and he's like, I don't want it. I don't want to manage people. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> and, and he's like, you know, problems, your, their problems become your problems once you're a manager. He's managed 200 engineers before and he was trained. The company, WorldCom, trained him to actually MCI, I guess, whatever. Um, not the one that actually went bankrupt. That was MCI first... WorldCom. Some, yeah, and yeah. WorldCom bought MCI or MCI. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think yeah. WorldCom bought MCI and then WorldCom declared bankruptcy because it was right. part of the Enron scam. So MCI or whatever. Anyway, he worked there and you know he, they trained him as a, they bought leadership trainings for, for, for managers, which is great. And so he learned how to be a really good manager. But now he doesn't want it. He's like, I don't, I don't want to do it. <laughs> but, and he's perfectly happy doing the work and he's yeah. the best at the company. And I think that, you know, he's had somebody who's, well, when we were all still in the office, well, actually I was not in the office for 10 years, but uh, when he was in the office, he was passing by this one woman who was promoted uh, to manager. She, they were, they gave her a raise, like twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 more, whatever it was. And she was there in, early in the morning, late at night, and she was miserable. And he was like, well, and she was complaining, like complaining to him saying, you know, they promoted me. And, and, and he was like, why did you take it? Mm -hmm. Now you're making less per hour because you're making much more hours. <laughs> so anyway, she asked to be demoted and they said no. And she left. Yeah. And, and that's pretty common. And more yeah. and more I'm hearing uh, managers and leaders say that, right? I, I exit out to go to a different job because I don't want to lead people. I, I'm tired of it. So you, when you become, and there, by the way, there's a difference between a manager and a leader, right? But when you become a, a leader of people, there comes, you become a babysitter, a mediator, <laughs> you become, right? All these different things that is not in the job description. But these are things that are necessary. So one of the questions that, that we ask in our training is this. What is the key role of a leader? Right? And the answer is the key role of a leader is to develop people for greater in skill and ability. And that's your role. But your day-to-day -day activities and getting there is a whole different ball game, right? Because you have to, whenever there's people involved, it becomes an issue. And the, and the big thing is 
Well, leave your problems at the door. Well, how can you leave your issues or problems at the door? There's no such thing. You bring them. <laughs> Absolutely. Wow. So people actually it, think that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People say it too. That's that's what some some managers, the leaders say. Yep. Don't bring your stuff to to work. Well, it's part of you. <laughs> so so you have to learn as a manager of people or leader of people, you have to realize that these are the things that you must do. So if if your if your organization is not providing the necessary training and development, then what you're what that organization is doing is actually uh, they're doing not only that person, but they're limiting the growth of the organization because they're they're looking at it from a a, a small term, right? A short term because I, I have some prospective clients, not actual clients, but prospects that I've talked to. Well, uh, Patrick, that's too much. Okay. <laughs> well, how much is too much? What are you going to do differently? What's your B, What's your plan B? Well, we're good. We're going to leave it as is. Okay, fine. <laughs> that, that, you know, it's like insanity, right? You, you, you want to get different results, but you're doing the same thing over and over again. <laughs> so if that's your thing, Thank you. We appreciate the opportunity. <laughs> Just keep doing it. If things change, call us in. We'll be happy to assist you. Yeah. What What has been the hardest thing that you've ever had to work with um, with a client, with a lead, like an employee of the client? Yeah. Maybe a personality or a certain issue or something. Well, it it comes down to and and there's a there's this great study now. Um, the last couple of years, it was the Great Resignation, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And now they're saying the next wave is the Quiet Quitters, right? So they're saying I read a study where it was fifty percent of those of the U.S. employees are what we call Quiet Quitters. Fifty percent. I think they said thirty-two percent are those that that are quitting. Um, but they'll just do X amount. Then you have 18% who will not do much at all. So if you're dealing with these numbers, what do you do as a leader, right? What do you do? And some you can't get rid of because they're doing the job that they were hired to do. They're not going to go above and beyond. They're just going to do the bare minimum to make sure that it works and you can't say anything. So those are some of the challenges now that organizations and and leaders or managers are having to really look at. Uh, And then you have sometimes uh, an employee, a leader, well, let's say an employee, that their expectations is very different than the leaders or the organization. So, they may come in eight to five, nine to five, do the work and leave. But the expectation from the team perspective or from the leader or the organization is that you put more time in. Well, if I'm doing what you told me to do, I just want to do my job and go home. Exactly. Right. So how can you argue with, with, with that person? What you have to do is to learn to deal with that and see who's your A players 
And who's a player that is not going to do anything above and beyond and learn to manage that? I've certainly seen an interestingly, you know, I worked for an accounting firm many years ago and there were a couple of partners and the managing partner would always leave like during tax season would always leave. Like there was a snowstorm this one time and the managing partner sneaked out around 3 p.m. to make it home before the storm. Another partner walked out and asked if you need or said, if you need to get home, if you're afraid that the trains are not going to be running or whatever, leave now. To me, that's leadership. And, and I see that not only in bigger organizations as in terms of managers, but I also see this in business. You know, when, when COVID happened, um, and this tells you a lot about the leadership and the people who actually cons- uh, call themselves leaders. When COVID happened, two of my clients were this in the same industry, clothing, retail. One of them was an experienced leader, CEO of about 30 years. It's going to be this year and 30 years in business. And he said to me, and I'm, and I'm an outside accountant. He said to me, you know what? If you need money, just tell me. Mm-hmm. The other one said, we're cutting your retainer in half. That's the difference in leadership too. Yeah. And not caring. I think it has to do with being a coward. A lot of it, at least for me, it looks like that. What do you think? Yeah. It, 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 there are some leaders, Tatiana, that really, whether they're a manager or a leader, that really get it, that understand. And this economy, it, it has to be about people. Money resource is fine, but your people resource is the greatest right? If you can understand that, that without people, your growth is limited. So you have to take care of your people. That's the bottom line. And I tried to get that across to leaders and they said, well, this is how we used to do it, right? Do as I say. Not as I do. (laughs) Do as I say. Just get the job done. Do as I say. Well, that's a short-term fix. Or the other thing is leading by fear. Yeah. That does not work in today's economy. You have the generations Z, millennials, they're looking for more. Yeah. Their employees are looking for a more work-life balance, if there is such. I haven't found out one yet. But you have to take care of your employees. There's a great quote. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And people want to feel that, that as a leader... Uh, if you are leading a team or teams, that they want to know that you really care about them. We we do a, a, an exercise, um, and I, I try to find out from those that are in our, our leadership training, what do you know about those that you lead? Do you know what their birthdays are, um, anniversaries? Do you What do you know about them? What are their drivers? What are their motivators and demotivators? And the common answer I get is this. When we talk about drivers, well, they're driven up by by money. Everyone's <laughs> driven by money. Well, how do you know that? Have you asked them? No, everyone's driven by money. Not necessarily. People are driven by recognition. Some are by recognition, right? Some of they just want to know that you care about them. So you can't make that blanket statement that people are, everyone is driven by money. And if you make that, you're missing the boat. Yeah, for sure. 
I read somewhere that sometimes, a lot of times, sort of more, most, more, most often, more often than not, people prefer something that was well thought through as opposed to a little money bonus. Like, give me 200 bucks versus give me something like a set of knives that I really wanted. Um, the set of nine, knives has, has a more higher perceived value. Um, mm -hmm. And I agree with that. I think that, yes, money is important. Um, but at the same time, relationships are most important. And really, you know, what's interesting, um, it's interesting that you've said that because I've considered since I've worked with a coach and this is four years ago, maybe, maybe five, um, since I've worked with a coach, I've realized that my business is not tax returns. It's not accounting. It's not business advisory. It's not selling your business without tax. It's none of those things. It's building lifelong relationships. Absolutely. That's what it's about. Absolutely. I completely agree. Some of our our value clients, our most valued clients, are relationships that Yana have had for years. 10, 15, 20 years, 25 years. Yeah. And those are valued relationships that is more is greater than than the business itself. Because there's no amount of money that you can put on a relationship. Yeah. Uh, someone that you know that you trust and they trust you, right? Because we're living in, in a world, and I think it's shifting because I'm seeing, I'm seeing it uh, as I go into to talk to employees and leaders. But we've lived in a world where it was always about me, 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 me. What can I get out of it? As opposed to how can I serve you? How can I help you? get to where you want to go. That's why I, I love what Zig Ziglar says, right? Um, it's, about, it's about if you help enough people get what they want, you will in turn, by default, getting what you want. But yeah. it's all about helping others get what they want first. And, and that's, that's what our business has been based on, is helping our customers to accomplish what they want to accomplish. So one of the first questions that we ask is, what are your desired outcomes? What do you hope to accomplish through training and development? And then the next one is, um, what's, what's taking place now? So we go desired and then current. And tell us some of the things that are stopping you from getting to work from where you are to where you want to be. And our job is to close that and help, help our client get to where they want to go. Because it's not about us. Without them, there's no us. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. Well, uh, Patrick, you've been a really a great, uh, really, uh, this, I forgot the word. Sometimes I, I get these moments when I forget an English word for something. Um, but um, a huge bag of treasure, treasure trove, that's what I want to say, <laughs> of treasures, of nuggets, of nuggets of wisdom. Thanks so much for sharing everything that you did. Um, I think that, you know, we, we're on the same page in terms of thinking how leaders should be because we've both seen it. Um, you've seen it probably more than I did because I've only worked for somebody else for a couple of years. Most of the time I've been my own, my own boss, but um, I absolutely agree with you. And I think that so many companies, and I think that for leadership training, accounting firms are number one, because realistically speaking, um, I have not seen anybody refer to their accounting manager as a really good leader ever. Mm. 
Wow. I have a lot of friends. Wow. Wow. <laughs> That's not good, Tatiana. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. But, you know, think about it. You have to be, you have to be very like, calculator minded person to be a good accountant, but that's yeah. the opposite of what you need to be as a leader. And yeah. so yeah, your skill set is is very different. So yeah, we definitely need to um, enhance the skill set. So I like to say that what we do is that we help individuals to enhance their skill set. So their aptitude and the attitude on a coaching side to become more effective into things that they want to do as a leader and also teams, right? Because we want to make sure that, that our, that our organization has a high performing team um, and a high productivity team in terms of being, being productive. So that's what we do. We go in and we work not just with the leaders, but also with the teams to make sure that the organization is successful. Absolutely. And so um, if, People who are listening or watching on YouTube have enjoyed this conversation. Where can they connect and find you and see how you can help their organization uh, really grow and develop better leaders? So we're all over uh, in terms of social media. So we have, if they want to contact me personally, um, they can email me, info at Jackman Group. Uh, that's J-A-C-K-M-A-N, jackmangroupllc.com. That's our email. We also have um, our LinkedIn corporate page, Jackman Group LLC. And then my personal page, of course, is my first and my last name. Same thing for Facebook, uh, personal as well as, as corporate. And then we also have our YouTube channel, which I do a show which is called A 30. And we, we put all of our, all of our uh, broadcasts there. Um, so that's on there and that's at the Jackman group, LLC.com. And then of course, our website, Jackman group, LLC.com. That's Jackman group, LLC.com. Awesome. I mean, these links will be in the show notes and below the video if you're watching on YouTube, but I just wanted you to talk a little bit about it so that people know kind of how to find you. Um, uh, Patrick, thanks so much for being such a great guest. You've shared some really valuable nuggets. I think that Hopefully we can get a world with better leaders in them and you're the, you're the person to train those leaders. So thanks so much for, for joining. And that is my goal is to, is to train and develop and coach leaders so that we all can benefit in this world. And lastly, congratulations on your book, uh, Dream Bold. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, we can, well, I mean, we can have a bunch of, other episodes on, on, on books and, and really good books for leaders. I think leaders are all readers yes, or they should be. Agreed. Completely agree. But, uh, but to wrap this up, just um, if you could share one thing that if you could go back in time and um, change one thing, what would that be? Or give your younger self one piece of advice. What would that be? Uh, if, if I were to change one thing for the organization, when I started this, this business was to build a team, faster. Sometimes as entrepreneurs, we think that we have to do things on our own. Yeah, we may not have the finances, right? But that slows us down. The more we do by ourselves, it slows us down because it, it, it helps us in terms of we can't scale at that point. So if I were to go back, I would say I would have a team quicker, <laughs> despite the finances. <laughs> because that would have helped us to scale even faster and become more of a larger company. Um, 
for me personally, if I were to tell my my 20 year self, I would say just continue doing what you're doing. Believe in yourself. Uh, make sure that along the line, that faith is the most important thing. I, I tell young leaders, experienced leaders, you need to have a level of faith because when everything fails, that's where you go to. Got to have that faith. I love it. Patrick, thanks again for, for joining me today. And for those of you who are listening on YouTube or um, watching on YouTube or listening on podcast, I'll see you next week for another great episode of Talk to Tatiana. Thanks so much, Patrick. Thank you, Tatiana.